Hello there, everybody. Welcome to episode 83 of the Play to Win podcast. My name is Tyler. I am your host this week uh, for this very light episode of the Play to Win podcast. Uh, very, very light. Uh, and I'm joined this week, of course, by Tyler. How are you doing, my friend? What's going on with you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, pumped to be here. Pumped to talk about games, even though it's going to be short. Uh, <laughs> we got ourselves a... If you like God of War impressions that are not spoilery at all, um, and very vague, uh, you're in for a good episode because there ain't shit for news. <laughs> we pre- did we predict this a couple episodes ago? I forget if it was going to be like everybody was going to steer clear. Um, and it makes sense, right? Like people don't care. People like you and me, their brain, all they can think about right now. It's just like you wake up and you're like, God of War. You're sitting there. I'm lucky enough to work from home. So I'm sitting here. God of War. Work. God of War. <laughs> I'm See, sure at work that's all you're thinking about. You're like God of War. That was me in the lead up to um to Wednesday when the game released. And the Wednesday came and I was like, all right, just gotta get to the day. I clock out and then I'm not coming back till Monday. <laughs> it's just God of War for the next couple of days. See, even though I was excited and I'm like, I gotta do this. Um, so I woke up like Wednesday, went to Target, got my copy. It was definitely I like for me. I'm never like, can't wait to play this game. I almost have this existential dread because sometimes it's like this, like if you have anxiety and you're like also kind of a lazy piece of shit, sometimes you'll, uh, you'll be like, man, this now feels like a chore. And then the second, like you get engaged and engrossed in the game and it pulls you in, that all goes away. And you're just like, man, having a great time. But before that, there's almost like an anxiety. So that's what I had. And then we got a war. It probably disappeared within like an hour. I was just like, all right, I'm in full 10 out of 10 uh, mode. Just like it has my every thought in my in my head going on is this game. And it's been <laughs> been pretty good. We'll get to that. But yeah. Yeah. I, I don't time. have I don't have that uh, that existential anxiety or anything like that when like it's a game I'm super looking forward to where I know like the world goes stop for this game for me. I'm just like, no, I'm like, I want it. I'm getting it. And like in the lead up, I'm just like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. The one and exception for me, like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Might be Tears of the Kingdom. Might be. Okay. The reason why I say might normally be like clear your schedule, but that's when I'm probably going to be moving back to Arizona. So there's mm-hmm. going to be like that. Ah, I'm really hoping I'm like, I've thought about it. I'm like, I need to ramp up engagement for my accounts. I need to get Nintendo's attention. Mm-hmm. So that way I, I need a Breath of the Wild or uh tears of the kingdom code come on nintendo like i need one so that way i can do it like two weeks ahead of time dive full in or whenever they send out those codes and then i can move and not worry about it but <laughs> you gotta find somewhere that breaks the street date break that street date oh <laughs> uh, no i'm not trying to do all that well i guess <laughs> i could just not connect my switch so that would work yeah you could do that you know just... not connected online and then the second it goes everybody's clear <laughs> just yep. use, now just it can connect system. to wi-fi yep game the system and all like that yeah uh, as you can see, people, it's going to be a light episode. Give me a different episode. We're already getting all off the rails. Going and it doesn't even it. matter because there's it, like... It really doesn't. No. There's no real news, guys. Yeah. It, it's going to be a fun episode. You know, subscribe on YouTube and podcast services. Leave us that five-star review on podcast services. It's very, very helpful. On YouTube, uh, hit the notification bell as well. Leave a like. Leave a comment. Let us know um, all your thoughts. Let us know how excited you are for god of war ragnarok and your thoughts on it so far uh we're gonna be talking about that later on in a little bit it's not gonna be too long before we get to talking about 
or Ragnarok impressions uh, because that is topic two for this episode. Topic one, which, uh, you know, we only have two topics this week. As we said, light news week. Topic one is going to be about Nintendo um, and they're kind of, or I guess you could say Nintendo slash Shigeru Miyamoto's stance on backwards compatibility. Uh, he, there was a Nintendo financial briefing that happened this past week. And during this, Miyamoto, he kind of shared his thoughts on backwards compatibility and what Nintendo's approach is kind of going to be for it going forward, or at least their focus and their intent with backwards compatibility going forward. Uh, Tyler, before we get into this quote, how, how are you feel about backwards compatibility? Because, you know, you are someone who likes you, you're into like collecting games and retro games and all like that. So I just wanted to like, what is your stance on backwards compatibility, you know, especially in the, this current day and age? So like, obviously as someone who care, who likes retro games, enjoys them, um, older games, it's really cool to, there's such a convenience factor to booting it up and playing it on your PlayStation five or your Xbox series X. It's cool. But also, like, have I used the feature on my Series X? No. Um, Haven't done the thing where I pop in, like, a super old disc because it's also like, well, is this one of the compatible ones? You go through that whole rigmarole when you're sitting there at the retro game store or, you know, wherever you get your retro games. Um, And I, like, the numbers don't lie. People really don't take advantage of it that much. So, like, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. I think having a generation older is just smart business. Um, I think, I think it always helps like whatever the switch to is to just have the switch available. And I think that's kind of, it seems like Nintendo is smart. Nintendo knows that it seems like it's generally been their ethos outside of with the Wii U. I mean, um, and then obviously the GameCube. So like when it's not just physically not possible, um, and it hasn't been, but the Wii having GameCube, Wii U having Wii, um, I think those were just smart, intentional decisions and then the Wii U was such a barren platform that it, it kind of didn't matter going to Switch anyways. Uh, aside from the logistical, there's no disk drive. Um, <laughs> Imagine that, like Switch I, with a disk drive, just like in the, where would the disk drive be? Like the top, the bottom? I mean, there's a lot of giant disk into it. That'd be a So second. like as someone that likes retro games, I appreciate it when, you know, Xbox is trying to be just a cool guy, you know, trying to convince everyone that we're your friends so they can get you to that $25 price point I was talking about on Game Pass. They're just like, hey, guys, we're, we're the cool, we're cool Xbox. Um, So it's nice. I appreciate that. But, like, I'm certainly not the person throwing a tantrum if, like, oh, it's not super backwards compatible. Um, it's But it's, like, it's smart business-wise, I think, to just have one generation. Outside of that, it's just, like, extra work that's probably not necessary. Yeah. So I wonder what you'll think with all that being said. I wonder what you'll think about what Shigeru Miyamoto said here. Uh, he said here, quote, <clears throat> Previously, software development for dedicated video game systems was conducted in development environments dedicated to each hardware platform. This meant that those environments could not be brought forward when the hardware changed, and it would become impossible to play software released for previous hardware without making changes. However, the software development environments have recently been gradually integrated. So, generally speaking, it has become easier to implement on an environment where software released for past hardware can be played on new hardware. Having said so, Nintendo's strength is in our creation of new entertainment. So when we release new hardware going forward, we plan to continue to offer new and unique gameplay that cannot be realized on existing 
hardware, end quote. Now, do I mean, I've, I've seen people online, I've seen some people online look at this and just kind of be like, why are you so against backwards compatibility? So on and so forth uh, going forward. For me, I don't think that's what they're saying. I don't think that's what Miyamoto is saying here. I don't think he's saying that they don't, they aren't going to make, have their like next, any future systems, you know, not be backwards compatible. I think he's simply saying that when they make a new system, they don't make it with like the, with like a core intent being backwards compatibility. Uh, they make it with the intent of being able to produce new creative, as he says, unique gameplay experiences. Uh, and if they can make a backwards compatible, make it backwards compatible afterwards, after they have their core new tenant idea in mind, then sure, we can do it, especially since it's easier nowadays than it was back in the day and all. And I honestly don't think that's a bad approach to it, um, two things at all. What do you think? Yeah, I think I completely agree. That's He's 100%. He's not saying there's no backwards compatibility, but he's saying, like, it's A, it's not our focus. B, I think the Switch 2 will be backwards compatible with the Switch um, because of how big of a success the Switch has been and how mainstream audiences are not going to, like, understand, um, you know, like, well, why is can it be backwards compatible? So I don't think we've got any worries with the Switch. Um I think what he's saying is, please stop begging for ports. Um, <laughs> like, we'll pick and choose, you plebs. Um, which sucks a little bit, because that's like, honestly, I don't expect the systems to necessarily be like, oh, it's backwards compatible with every Nintendo system. I'm just like, you know, it's this fucking down bad Nintendo fan mentality of like, please just charge me $60 so I can play this game without having to use original <laughs> hardware. Like, I don't care, just throw it on a freaking cart your tiny ass carts charge me 60 bucks throw it up for 40 dollars on the eShop. i don't care i just want to play this game natively um without using roms without having to like i'm not a pc person i'm not gonna do all that shit like i don't want to have to and i don't want to have to go and pay like think about this without roms without emulators without buying one of those weird little carts you got to pay like 120 dollars to play pokemon emerald oh man. what's up with that oh that would oh, i should have no. saved it that'd have been good for the prices right episode because no. you'd have been like pokemon 50 bucks. I, like, I, I bet that's good. I, I, I could have got you so good with that. Oh, I still have, have that one close. my original copy of Emerald somewhere here. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I have no Next idea. Yourself 120 bucks there, sir. It. Like, roughly. And... Ice charting dorks don't come for me. I don't check it every day. <laughs> but, like, you can definitely, there are people that aim for that. You might be able, like, 100 flat. Ooh, whatever. It's still a lot, is my point. I have that. I still have my Game Boy Advance SP, the blue one. I still have my black Game Boy Advance, which I'd actually try to play in the Game Boy Advance, I think a year or two ago, just like, just, just to see like, oh man, I want to try to play a game on it. And dear Lord, I don't know how we played games on that thing back in the day without a backlight. God. And I tried playing it in the daytime next to my windows was a pain to even see the screen. So either my eyes have gone bad in like the over a decade since then, or we just ruined our eyes greatly using it. Um, but no, it, I'd say sell it, but I mean, clearly just holding on to it might be able to get $200 in a couple of years. I, I think I'd want to keep it just to like show it to like a kid. My kid is like, hey, look at this. You used to play games on this. What? <laughs> this? What do you mean you play games on this? How? Um, 
But no, you, you touched on something, and I want to kind of be, I want to play <clears throat> devil's ad- advocate here for a second, just to be fun, just to have fun with it. You know, next Nintendo's next system, you said you don't think it'll be backwards. I mean, you think that it will be backwards compatible, that they won't just drop Switch off from whatever the next system is. And I'm of the same mindset. I imagine the next Nintendo system. I'm not saying it's be... not impossible. I just believe that like Nintendo's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how many of these things they've sold. Right. I'm of the same mindset. I believe that Nintendo's next system is going to be, you know, another Switch successor. Like it's not going to be some brand new hardware type of configuration. I imagine it'll be similar to the Switch because they found great success with the Switch. Nintendo's a smart company. But play devil's advocate here. Let's say the next system is, you know, just like the Switch, a Switch successor. But Nintendo said, yeah, all your Switch games aren't going to work on this. It only plays Switch Pro games on this. Sorry. If you want, Me. you want those do get you want those Switch games on here, we'll make ports of them one at a time. How much are they gonna cost? 60 bucks. Why why? Because we're Nintendo, we can do that. How do you think that works out? Do you can you even see them doing that? Well, they're not gonna announce the ports thing because that <laughs> seems like a real salt in the wound. Um <laughs> I, I got mad just thinking about it because I'm like, fuck you, Nintendo. I'm not buying. Nintendo, look at me. I'm not buying another Breath of the Wild. I'll just play the old one. We have Breath <laughs> of the Wild at home. It's the original Breath of the Wild. But, no, but, but what they'll do, what they'll do is they'll say, but Breath of the Wild on Switch Pro, 60 FPS, locked, 4K, locked. I'm not a, I'm not a dork that cares about <laughs> that bad about like, like don't get me wrong. It, when games run like trash, they run like trash. Breath of the Wild had some issues. It does. Um, but like with with that, but like I'm pretty forgiving about that. It's no Gotham Knights, you know? It runs yes. well. It's just like when it chugs, it's out of nowhere. You can't predict <laughs> it. And also, that's Nintendo trying to trick you. Like what? who's to say that it's really going to be locked and everything on the new one? I'm going to end up paying $60 for the same thing. I don't think so. Um, I mean, people would get mad and then we'd all move on. I think what happens that they actually care about is that a lot of people um, that don't know about video games or like very little, you know, the Switch is their primary gaming console, yada, yada. They would just look at that and go like, well, I'm not getting one for two years then. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it would probably just be one of those things where it has ramifications beyond just angry video game nerds online. Like I think all I care about is whose mom and dad are going to buy this thing? You know, like how do we get them this in the most possible hands? And they've done that with the switch. It does bring an interesting question though, because if like, if they just brand it as another extension of the switch, are they just getting themselves into Wii and Wii U territory versus like, but then if they have a switch successor, that's not backwards compatible, like, you know, people could not buy it for that reason. So it's like, it's really, it's an interesting balance um, and I think that's what people miss when people are like, why isn't there a Switch Pro or a Switch 2? I think Nintendo's putting off that has been trying to put put off that decision for as long as possible and just ride the gravy train that is the Switch. <laughs> They're like, all right, that that's kind of like maybe maybe it's kind of like their break in case of emergency type thing. Like, all right, yeah, like switch, when sales start switch, to slow right. down. Yeah. Like And like that's not to say that they haven't obviously been, you know thinking of new ideas, doing R&D, like, you know, game companies always do R&D on their next console shortly after the first one comes out. Like, that all that always happens very shortly after, and they just, you know, do their R&D for years and years and years until it comes out, and it's like, yeah, 
our new system's here. All right. One, two, one year and a half later. All right, let's start talking about the next one. <laughs> what are we going to do? What's, how's that going to look? So I, I'm with you that I do believe that, you know, their, their next one, I, 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 I'm betting money that they keep Switch in the name because Switch is a household name. And I'm betting that they, they go with like something like Super Switch, like the, the Nintendo Super Switch. Just because yeah. Nintendo NES, you know, the Nintendo Entertainment System, Super Nintendo Entertainment System, Super Nintendo Switch. Like it just, in this case, that just makes so much sense. And it avoids the Wii, Wii U type situation they had before where Wii U, like, I mean, I personally understood it was a new console, but the way yeah, that I... it was first presented, I could understand why some people might've been like, is it though? Is it not? What's going on here? Yeah, no uh, offense to all the grandmas days. out there, but like, never underestimate how stupid the general public is. I'm just saying, like, they right. will absolutely. I thought the concept was. Ex- We're trained though, like we have video game brain, and it's like, if it says anything other than the exact same thing, it's pro- there's something different about it. But like, to some people, I guess that's not evident. Right. So I I imagine we'll call it you know, the Super Nintendo Switch comes out. And you know it, it's clearly a new system, but it is still backwards compatible. Uh, knowing Nintendo, they'll be like, "Yes, it's backwards compatible, but your games don't run any better. <laughs> they run the exact same way they did on the old hardware because we're Nintendo and we're behind the times by like ten years for some reason. Who knows? I mean, they just we all have to pay for the sins of the GameCube. <laughs> Fucking two de- decades later. <laughs> They were just like, we're going to come out and we're going to beat everybody. And people were just like, yeah, I'm good. Tiny discs, weird controller, no thanks. And that now here we are. Amazing. Huh? That yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the GameCube controller, but like people at the time were not rushing out to buy them. They were out here buying PS2s yep. because they were DVD players. You know, uh, Mima was buying one so she could watch, <laughs> you know, whatever holes on DVD. Uh <laughs> And so we're paying for that now. Nintendo was like, we did it. What? Well, twice. I mean, twice. Uh, they did it with the 64 and they did it with the uh, with the GameCube. And we're like, we did it twice, guys. And you didn't buy the thing. So guess what? You get underpowered systems from now until the end of time. <laughs> underpowered forever. Underpowered, yet mostly successful. We don't. We pretend the Wii U never happened. <laughs> We've ported the uh, yeah, important games from that, and it it's now that was like more powerful but less powerful. It's like weird, yeah. Like interesting situation. They still have great looking games on there. I mean, Mario Kart is freaking great. Breath of the Wild looks phenomenal, you know. Yeah, Nintendo gonna be fun. I'm 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 believing you know new backwards compatible. And I last thing I'll say on this, aside from Nintendo, I stand by what Miyamoto said about when we release new hardware, we want to offer new and unique experiences, gameplay things that we can't give on older ones. Like I a hundred percent stand by that. And I believe that that is what, you know, all hard, you know, Sony, Microsoft, whatever, like that should be the core tenant. And then backwards compatibility for Sony and Microsoft. I imagine it's more of a concern because they, I, I don't know. I don't want to say they have the bigger mind share in terms in like the games community, but you know, they they get every game, essentially. They get every game. Nintendo has a smaller portion of, like, games that come out. So for them, of course, being backwards compatible is more of a concern. 
uh, especially in recent years. But I, I do believe, you know, making sure that just being able to give something new with your with your system that you can't on your older one and not trying to be beholden to backwards compatibility, being beholden to older games on newer hardware. I think that's a, a good philosophy to have. Yeah, I think like Nintendo doesn't get credit enough for focusing on uh, making sure they have great launch games. So like, I think we can be assured that whatever this thing launches with probably have an absolute banger uh, for the launch. Um, whereas, I mean, Xbox wants to be a cool guy, right? Like we got all these backwards compatible stuff, but that was it. That was the selling point at launch. Yeah. You can play all the old stuff and it's like, okay, but I just spent $500. Do you have like anything new? And they were like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing notable that's new. Want to play Musk. Yakuza? And it's like, no, I can play Yakuza by PS4. <laughs> right. It was, or it my was Xbox One. What if I spend $500 on? Meanwhile, Sony's like, I mean, Miles Morales is on both. But I mean, it plays better on PS5. There was also Demon's Demon Souls. <laughs> and listen, Astro's Playroom. That's worth that's it a lot. Like, worth it. I was, oh man, got that platinum. That's, I don't know. And then, you know, Breath of the Wild, greatest launch game of all time. Um, some people will be like Mario 64. Yes, that's more uh, iconic, but Breath of the Wild, better. Hot Takes episode needs to happen one day. If not, episode yeah. one segment, one day. There we I, go, yeah. That, I, that's need to, an idea I need to write down, like, hot takes to have. Because like, I don't just have any off the top of my head. I need to actually think about, like, huh, what's a hot take I have? And just, like, write them down. And once I have them sorted out, that'll be an episode that we do one day, for sure. Let's get to the to the meat. Let's get to the, the juicy stuff. Meat and the potatoes. juicy bit of this episode. Yes, the meat and potatoes, the juicy bit of this episode. The one thing we all want to talk about, the one that's on everyone's mind, Halo. No, I'm not talking about Halo. And I promise not trying to be console war fan baity out here, fanboy anyway, super I didn't even think about that angle. Yeah, look at I you wasn't trying to be. I wasn't trying to be. I was going to just say a random game, and Halo was the first that came to mind. I don't know why. It just was. You tried to think of the least relevant thing out there right now. I mean, Halo's relevant right now. They got the winter update, and it's actually looking really good for that game. <laughs> it's looking really oh, good yeah. for that game. So I, I haven't jumped into it. I need to go back and play some Halo. It's been a while. I am talking about God of War Ragnarok. At long last, after about four and a half years, it is finally here. Fimble Winter has arrived. Ragnarok is upon us. It's been such a great time playing this game over the past two days. It's, for me personally. It's very good. It's, right. it's insanely good. Um, just the, I think it is like, man, I like, I talked a little bit about enjoying the sixes or the sevens, you know, with Gotham Knights, but like, man, high production, that high production value is just nuts. <laughs> Even playing something like Entropy Center where it's like really high level. I love what's going on. It does feel like watching an indie film with like an, a director who's clearly got, got some sauce They're cooking with something but like they don't have the higher production values. So, so there's some things that are a little rougher around the edges versus like, man, this is just hot, big budget Spielberg shit. This is absolutely just like everything feels like it should. It looks great, um, which is weird because like I know the discourse with early previews was like, it just feels like more of a PS4 game. It's like, I don't has anyone had even PS5 exclusives, Xbox Series X? Well, I don't think... They have any non-cross-gens, but has there been any games that are like, oh man, this feels so next-gen? It's like, 
I don't know. This just feels like what the next God of War would be. Who was expecting? Like, it wasn't going to be like God of War cross Elden Ring. Like, it wasn't going to be like something that it's not. It just feels like a continuation of that in the best way. Yeah. Um, before we go any further, I want to make it very clear. <clears throat> we no are not talking spoilers in this at all. We're not giving any spoilers in our early impressions here of God of War Ragnarok. So you can feel free to listen uh, without worrying about being spoiled on anything at all. Anything we talk about would be stuff that is already known, already public information in terms of like any story stuff, things that were only already shown in marketing. Um, anything that was not shown in marketing, we're not talking about in terms of uh, any specific story macro here, or gameplay. Uh, yes, so you can feel free to listen to this. Don't worry. Or if you just want to be completely in the dark on the game because you haven't played it yet, you want to stay in the dark, by all means, totally fine. You can skip ahead to the brief mentions and then bounce on the episode because this is just going to be the rest of the episode right here. It's kind of given our early impression. We appreciate the on click. God of War Ragnarok. Right, right. Yeah, we do appreciate the click and the download and the listen. Leave that like and comment before you leave. Uh, also subscribe, hit the notification bell. Thank you very much. Um, so, God of War Ragnarok, it is Saturday. We are recording. The game came out on Wednesday. I have played all of Thursday and Friday. Tyler, you have played since wednesday correct and thursday and friday i started wednesday night yeah yes and just in terms of time hours in uh let the people know how far in do you think you are you say you don't have a specific number but i don't yeah i we're at the exact same point pretty much story-wise it sounds like we're quite literally uh, yeah you might be slightly ahead you might have been like just proceeded slightly above mine (laughs) but i don't know i felt i said it felt like 20 hours but then you were like i got to it in 16 so I'm like, all right, maybe that number's off. Um, you of uh, Returnal fame, Mr. I blaze <laughs> through games like easy. So maybe I'm like, you're never going to let me seems not extreme. Let me that down. <laughs> I'm never going to let you live it down. I'm never going to let you live it down. For, I'm proud for of context, it. folks. This is Mr. I like beat Returnal on my fifth try. So no, um, it was I beat it with only three deaths, including no, I think it was only. Three deaths, including the first one that you can't avoid. That shit's wild. That seems like it's pretty much possible. Like, Ten hours the in R- one weekend. <laughs> There's only two ways that happens. It, one, the RNG gods themselves come down and bless you for like the sweetest loot run of all time. Or B, like you're just a sweat. You know what I mean? Like you're out here. To be fair, I will say also, when I finish it, I did not do Act 3, which is like basically going over and over and over again to get like the last little hidden collectibles to get like the super secret true ending. I didn't do that. It was literally just doing act one and act two, which gives you a solid like close on the game story anyway, as is. So he may, <clears throat> you may be further than, uh, than I am. Um, well, or you may have been able to like run through it. Cause I, I even said there's like, I mean, obviously we're not going to get real granular with boss fights and it's not super spoilery. They just throw to like, two of a mini boss at you um uh-huh. and i struggled with that because like in one of them's kind of like altered you know the same thing they do in every video game where it's like it's got a status effect essentially one of them's the plain jane version one of them yeah. is the like you know the electric version or whatever <clears throat> and it's definitely at a moment where like my rage meter wasn't filled up i'm like oh my god same and situation here i'm just because what happens is you get kind of like a mini mob thrown at you before that. Yep. And you are, you're headed to a moment where you presume it is going to be peaceful and it literally gets you with a jump scare. Um, 
it got me. It definitely like I'll just admit it. Like I was like, ah, I was like, oh, you know, just, the first no, time. no, 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 no. Yeah, it really <laughs> preys on you just assuming safety. You're like, what a dumbass I am for ever assuming I'm safe. Um, but like, have you ever had a moment in a game where you're like, this game is really gonna force me to learn a mechanic right now? Yeah, At that moment, was I was moment. like. I'm going to have to parry, aren't I? I was like, I hate parrying. I'm My timing on parrying is always off. Love the concept of it. Bad in execution. Almost always bad. Hmm. I'm, I play like glass cannons. Just a little insight here. I'm always like offense, offense, offense. Don't have patience. Uh, it's why Bloodborne is the goat of all the of the Soul series for me. Because it's like, hey, you want to be a glass cannon? Go ahead. We're going to reward you. We're going to give you health for being aggressive. I'm like, that's my game. Um, right. So... Then being like parry and use a shield. And like I've had to a couple times this game with those two specifically, the two mini bosses, their moveset is so aggressive. I was like, after like the seventh time of dying, I'm like, <laughs> like I'm really going to have to learn how to parry. And so I like buckled down and on my third try. And once I finally got it, once I started getting better at the parrying, I mean, like I whooped the two mini bosses asses. Like I was like trying to preserve all the health, like chunks floating around. Didn't need any of them. Just like cleared them. And I was like, it felt good, but I was so mad that the game was just like, you're going to learn this mechanic because I utilize all the little boosts. I usually utilize like not all of them because I don't do a lot of range stuff, but I mean, like I'm using, you know, my teammate. Uh, I'm just like everything at my disposal. I'm using other than I don't like the parry. And it's just like, this game is really, this is what we have to do here to beat these things. huh? And then I yeah. got good at parrying. <laughs> and now I'll probably forget, and then I'm sure a boss fight uh, ten times from now will will do that. But this is kind of par for the course for God of War because in yeah. 2018, my hardest boss fight was not any of the like end game stuff. Or well, I've heard Valkyrie Queen's hard. I did not do that. The Valkyrie um, Queen was tough. <laughs> oh, did you do that? Did you get I the beat plat all the Valkyries? Did you get the plat? I did not get the plat. No. Man, you did the hardest part of the plat. And you didn't go and just finish the rest? I didn't go after the Odin Ravens. There might have been some other things I didn't do. Like getting, I don't know if I got like maxed out health and maxed out rage in it. Um, there were a couple of things I didn't do in it, but I, I did beat all the Valkyries because that was a lot of fun. <clears throat> yeah, you're crazy. Um, didn't do that. But the, like in the, in the actual game, the hardest for me was those damn dark elves, the flying ones. Oh. <laughs> and then there's a, specifically, there's a sequence in 2018 where there's like, I think you're going up a giant platform elevator or something, and there's just like waves of all the different enemies throughout the game. Cleared yeah. all of them, not a problem, other than they throw like a ton of the higher end dark elves that you would once, and like I was ready to break my dual sense when the first time I played through, I was like, this is going to break me. And because <laughs> I hate with my Krypton, I hate aerial type enemies. Like they are the worst. Um, and then this one had me reconsidering my whole this mini boss fight had me reconsidering my whole my whole belief that they're the worst. Yeah, well, I, since we're talking about gameplay, we're talking about combat right now. Well, let's stick on combat for a bit longer. Um, then we'll talk about some story impressions. Uh, you know, Tyler said he's about he he feels like he was 20 hours, but might be a bit less. I'm at the just under 16 hour mark, 15 hours, 55 minutes to be exact. Uh, and yeah, the combat in this game, I've been really enjoying it so much. Like it is kind of like how people have said, yes, 
it feels like God of War 2018, but it's more so they built upon the foundations of 2018 and refined it so much that it feels so much better. It's like you start the game off as kind of like in-game 2018 Kratos, and you are just building off from that point of in-game 2018 Kratos. So you start the game just feeling so strong, so powerful. You have your blades, you have your axe, and you're just able to, you know, you're able to go off to the races in terms of just combat right from the jump. And you have your different abilities, you know, you still unlock new skills to use for your blades and your axe and everything, you know, that make them more powerful. You get your runic attacks, you're able to upgrade those and stuff, just like in 2018. Those core fundamentals haven't really changed, but every just the way combat feels, it feels tighter. It feels more, I guess you could say more fluid and just more fun to just beat up on an enemy and then switch your weapon mid-combo and then start attacking them with your other weapon. And like something I love doing is an enemy is far away. I'll throw the axe at them, call it back to me, throw the axe again, and then I'll just run at them, keep the axe on the ground. I'll run at them, switch to my blaze and just swing, 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 knock them into the air, latch onto them with the with the blades and then light them on fire <laughs> and then call the axe back again and do a couple more swings. At this point, they're probably ready to get stunned. So I'll do like, you know, the um the R3, the, you know, the auto kill type thing, the, uh, I'll just call them, yeah, the auto kill, whatever. And just do that and then turn around and go on to the next person. And it just feels so great. And like, I, there have been times where I've kind of, <clears throat> struggled in combat because surprise surprise tyler uh i actually have had quite a bit of a tough time in some of these fights not even just like the mini boss fights but like even it's like regular mob fights against enemies like even some of them like they'll they there's so many more enemy types in this game and i love that variety but like sometimes... i just hope you know that when you said that i've just mentally inserted the uh the simpsons meme where it's skinnered and he's like pathetic <laughs> he's like looking down because like what see i'm guessing you didn't have the issue with the mini boss fight i had right with the two no i i had it took me a couple tries doing it like i i maybe about five tries it took me to get through it one of them and one of them was annoying because i had beaten one of them right and it's then, always the strat you always get one of them out of the way right like, they drop health yeah you know i had beaten one and then I swear, the other one was about to die. Like, Tyler, I'm not joking. One more hit was going to do it. And then they were going to be like in the stun to do the auto kill. That was about to happen. And they had done a move on the ground, like an area of effect move that had like lingered for a bit. I knew it was there and it had been there for a bit. So I'm like, okay, it. it's about to go away. And I took one step and it hadn't gone away when it was supposed to. And I was like, no, and I died. And right when I died, their health bar came up with me to do the stun thing. So yeah, me, to I had clarify, to do it all over again. Dying ten times at this does not indicate my struggles throughout this game. I've actually cleared everything with ease. This was the one time where I was like, "Oh, because the move set for the the two mini bosses are so aggro." and so random because they definitely tweak the knob of randomness of like you'll get like a good minute of just passiveness. And so me glass cannon going ham. And then all of a sudden it switches and the dials turned back up 
and you can't get a hit in for like a minute straight. And if you're not parrying um, or, you know, I'm like, I do dodge rolls obviously, but you have to time it so perfectly. And if you don't, then you're getting your ass whooped. And so it was one of those mm-hmm. things of like, I'm doing great. And then boom, you just get cleared out like within a minute and you're like, <laughs> flipping the table, <laughs> like, but no. like, it's only with that. Um, I was like, most of the boss fights, there's been more variety, but it's been pretty easy. I would say for me. And like, yeah, like generally I love the combat. I do think it makes you feel super powerful. Like it does a good job of rewarding you with XP early on so that you can mm-hmm. level those up because like, man, my skill tree is stacked. And we were talking about it pre-show. I haven't done a ton of, but there's also where we're at. Hasn't been a ton, ton of opportunities for side quests. I have done them. Um, mm-hmm. And so because of that ability to invest in those, Unlike, like, it sounds like you're using a lot of, like, standard moves the game gives you right from the start. I'm chaining together abilities, man. Like, those, there's just kind of, like, the cheat code for it. You can just, like, I'm just personally an axe over the chains person. And so, like, I'll just link together those frozen ones, man, and just open, you know, yeah. an absolute can on someone. Yeah, I I do the same thing. Like, I I always start with the axe generally. Uh, you know, some certain enemies you need to use one over the other, of course. Uh, yeah, generally, it, some of I them use, makes it very clear. Yeah, generally I start with the axe and then go to the blades um, afterwards. And I've actually found that I've been enjoying the blades of this game way more than I did in 2018. That could be because really? you actually start the game with them in this one as opposed to 2018, you only have the blades for like the last half of the game. You don't have as much time with them. Whereas in this one, it's like, all right, I already know how these operate in the new God of War combat style. And I have more time to actually get comfortable and experiment with them and do what I want with them. So I think because of that, I've been using them more than I did before. And as a result, enjoying them way more than I did before. Um, they're just they're just so good. They're just so much fun. And just the 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 combination comboing things together mixing things together the mix and match of different moves and everything it's it's just been an absolute total blast just up to this point that i'm in at the game right now yeah i i will say i think i that makes sense that you like the blades more than the axe uh, or not more than this but more than 2018 to me i mean i played 2018 last year I think they feel it feels the same, but um, I will say they embrace them more. It seems like a little bit like, yeah, because you do have them from the start. That's about as spoiler easy as it's going to get. It's like, yeah, you got the blades from the start. Um, uh-huh. But I like to me, I think this was evident in 2018 too, that the design team clearly just uh, the versatility of the axe basically probably gave them the ability to feel more creative with it because I just like the chained abilities of the axe more like it just seems like it's more versatile where it's like i don't know i i just don't care for the blade and i aesthetically the blades are freaking sweet like i love the blades of olympus i think they're rad but it's a chaos um, blades of chaos yeah my bad um i'm i'm not a lore dork so don't get mad <laughs> in the comments uh but yeah the axe is and like i'm not a big axe in video games person ironically enough um, but it's a testament to just it feels so good recalling that at everything everyone says about that axe is a hundred percent true. It's, it's probably, would you put it? I think it might be top three favorite video game weapons ever for me at this point. Like it's, it's up there. 
it's definitely up there for sure. I've never really thought about it, like in terms of like Between video game weapons, but it's definitely up there for sure. I'm not Michael Huber. I don't have a constant list <laughs> going in my head that I update all the time with like best shots. Top 10 video game weapons. <laughs> Top 10 melee weapons. But Top 10 bladed weapons. I just like off the dome, I can't think of anything else that feels that good in a game. Like I'm like, I could probably come up with one or two that are maybe like, I don't know, the Master Sword's iconic, but like, I don't really feel good. You know what I mean? Like there is yeah. um, nothing in Zelda. Like I do love a good shotgun. So like uh, the Doom shotgun, especially like 2016's Doom shotgun feels fantastic. Um, and like, I'm sure I could come up with one or two that are maybe close, but like, yeah, the Leviathan Axe, maybe number one, man. And it just like, yeah, there's all you need is tweaks and refinements and the ability to keep the momentum from 2018. I don't think there was ever a need to try and reinvent the wheel uh, oh, of, of course that not. portion of the game. Of course not. And like, it goes into um, like going, bringing it back to like the enemy variety here. Like, you know, in God of War 2018, one of the criticisms was the fact that there's really, most of the enemies were like what Draugr or like the, like different variants of like the, the, the guys with swords or whatever like that. You know what I mean? maybe some like creatures but there wasn't too much enemy variety whereas ragnarok like every realm has like its own unique individual enemies some shared ones but every realm has their own enemies so the enemies you fight in midgard are not the same enemies that you fight in the dwarf realm for example like they're both for the most part they're different enemies um and then there's even others aside from that um and I like how each, because there's all this enemy variety, you're forced to approach each enemy different ways, or at least real recognize, okay, this is how they attack. I need to adjust and compensate for that and all. So like, yeah, you yeah. can you can fight basically any enemy with either of your weapons. That like that's like the same, that's the case, just like before in 2018. Um, but it might be best to use one weapon over the other, or you might want, it might be best to use to adopt a certain strategy with one, with, with one enemy as opposed to a different enemy. And that gets even more amplified when you have, you know, a mix and match of different enemies fighting you at the same time. And it's like, okay, I, do I want to use the ax on this one? What moves do I want to use with the ax? Do I want to use my, the move that I love? I love this one with the ax where you hold R1 and he digs it into the ground and then just does the whole, the rake and brings all the ice. And stuff. I, like, I enjoy that one a lot. Yeah, that one. But my go-to, because I, I do a lot of the heavy attacks. So um, a lot of R2 spamming for me. But um, <laughs> I love the one where he like charges it up, swings, and then like caress, grabs the, the enemy and then flings them at the other ones. Yeah, I, that a lot of that really usage. Good. That um, one's really, really good too. Um, yeah. And, I, and I'm liking how kind of going off of that, how the different arenas are also more, some of them are more expansive. They give you more freedom and ability to move around and use the game's different movement mechanics too now. Cause you can, you can now like use your blades to grapple up to a ledge and pull up onto it or swing across chasms and everything. And it's like so cool. The first time I did this, I didn't realize I could do it. I was just like pressing the button randomly, rapidly, just because I wanted to attack right away. But it's so cool that like you can grapple up to a ledge 
and then press R1. So as soon as you pull up, you he like does a swing as he pulls himself up off the ledge. I was like, oh, we can do I that. I haven't done that yet, yeah. That's something you could do. I'm like, that is so cool. It's It just keeps the combat going. It keeps the flow. It keeps everything just staying fluid and rapid. It keeps that pace alive. And just, it's awesome. Like in the realm that we were in, this, the last realm that you and I were both in in the story. Yeah. I'm not going to say what it is in case people want to know for themselves. Um, but that realm, there's, you know, there's some arenas where you're kind of have to, you, you're kind of bouncing between like, there are these, all the different overhead platforms, the, little platforms, the lower yeah. level as well. And you can grapple between them all. And you kind of, the game, the combat, well, at least the game kind of forces you in that fight, in those arenas to, hey, switch between the platforms because you will get overrun if you stay on one. And it's so awesome. It's like, all right, I'm fine. Let me hit this enemy a couple times here. All right, I see some more coming. And there's one guy over there trying to do range attacks. I'm going to run, swing over there and just come on down, but- beat them up a bunch, <laughs> turn around, toss my axe at someone else. Like, it's so I- good. But... In that same note, one of the things that I liked that they didn't get rid of, um, I, they're not, it's not really a spoiler because they're, they're an enemy type in the first one. Uh, I, the second one's called a soul eater, but the first one's like an ancient, they're the same thing. They're just yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to run around and dodge and pick up those stupid things they have. So I did what I did in 2018 and I please report to anyone else that like spamming, uh, cheap move sets. Um, you can absolutely stand behind a pillar, charge up the Leviathan axe, wait till he's ready to go, throw it at him, stand behind the axe. Cause he'll basically, he doesn't have like a big range of movement or it, whatever it's a genderless rock. Uh, it stands there <laughs> and it, it like opens up and it's like, you just wait, you bait it, you stand outside. Then you step in front or you wait, you throw uh throw it real quick, stand behind the pillar. And you just like, you just do that 10 times basically. And works like a charm i'm not trying to sit there and do all this work nah like figured out in 2018 on accident because i'm like how do i beat this thing missed somehow the little chunks coming out just did it by that and then like i did it the way they wanted me to and i'm like that's hard i'm just gonna do it the way i did it <laughs> your way and i like this more intricate nobody in r d was like hey there's like a really easy uh like all the, the testers and everything were like there's a really easy way to just spam this and beat it they were just like keep it in <laughs> I, you did remind me. I thought it was funny how in the game, there's a point where you come across a troll, like one of the big trolls from the last game that would kind of always carry the pillows with them. You come across it in a cutscene, and Kratos is like, nope, nope. <laughs> Two quick stabs, you're dead. We're not doing this. I was just like that. In my mind, I saw that as like the game, the creators being like, you fought enough of them. You don't need to fight them right now. You don't need to do that in this game. Yeah, we, we'll I remember prepping to be like, oh, like, okay, we're going to fight swings. this, right? Yeah, like, all right, he's here. All right, just dodge that. I just thought it was like, we're, we're going to save you the trouble. We'll take it out in three quick swings for you with the cutscene. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I want to switch gears to talk about the, as lightly as we can, the story. Rod strokes of the story. Yeah. What we're thinking of the story so far. Um, me, personally, again, 16 hours into the game, I am really 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 enjoying the story it is it so far at least i feel like ragnar god of war ragnarok's story is it's bigger and more epic in scope 
than 2018's was. 2018's was a far more intimate, smaller scale story that that ended up blowing up into, hey, we're just trying to take our our you know our family's ashes to the highest peak. That's all we want to do, and we got tangled up in godly stuff that we weren't trying to have any part in in any way, shape, or form. Whereas this one from the start, it's like, yeah, things are about to get really real, really quick. And we're involved in this, in this, in this conflict that like we, we're stuck in, but we kind of don't, we kind of want a part in, but we also don't want a part in this at all. And just the, the way the, the story is going, this twist and turns in terms of plot development, but also character development. It's, it's, really it's very character it. heavy. It's very character heavy. That's that's the thing. Although the game has broadened its scope and scale, it is still doing the God of War thing of honing in and focusing on the characters and what makes them tick and like what they are fighting for, what they care about. And I'm loving that so much. And like, of course, like we get that with Kratos and Atreus at the center of the in the core of the game and what's going on with them. Um, but even there's some good character work with other people as well. That's what I was about to say. Like the side characters, like I'm surprised at the focus that some of the side characters are getting as well, not just in cutscenes, but also side quests. Like the side, yeah, like I think as well, without getting without any spoilers, do the Mimir quest. If like it's early on, it's very clear. Uh, there's like two optional side quests, but you can definitely just skip them if you want, but they mention them on screen. Um, just to kind of like egg, you know, kind of like, hey, you want to do it? Do the Mimir quest. I think for him specifically, I really like uh, a lot of the character development they did with that. Yeah, I've liked, like, I've done each of the side quests that have that have come up that I'm able to do at that given time. Same, yeah, um, we were talking about that. And like, they're all, I recommend doing them all. I Like, if you want, I understand you're worried people are worried about story spoilers. You don't want to get spoilers. You want to finish the game as quickly as possible. Understand that. But I can't stress enough and emphasize enough. Take your time with this. Take your time with this. Don't rush through it and worsen your experience because you're rushing through the game. Like take your time, soak it in. Do these side quests because even like little minor ones that you think are minor are still like pretty big deals and pretty important. And add a lot to the characters and they really help flesh out the characters and the world of Ragnarok and like each of these different realms that you're going to and not just the side characters but they also have an effect on you know Kratos and Atreus as well like it really everyone benefits from them and I've just been very surprised by them I was expecting more of what we got from 2018's side quests, which weren't bad. I enjoyed them, but I was expecting more of that. I wasn't expecting... I didn't do a ton of them. Yeah, I wasn't expecting these like real character-driven side quests here that flesh these people out so They're much. They're good, I'm, yeah. It's like wowed by them. I've done both. I'll co-sign both, but like second one, I can't really... It comes across as being like a little too do all the side quests, so like and the second one's too spoilery, so I can't really mention it. But the first one, because Mimir obviously established, of course, he's along for the ride again. Uh, yeah, do his side quest. Well, obviously, you're with Kratos and Atreus, but um, he, yeah, it's all about him. And it's really uh, adds a lot of depth. I will say, like, 
I think the most like that's all the granular stuff. Like I do think all the character development is is really important. I think the writing is great, voice acting is great. I think broad strokes get getting at a real macro level. Twenty eighteen is about legacy. It's about you can't run from the past, but it also doesn't have to define you. But there are also repercussions for everything, and the sequel Ragnarok here feels like it's about do you believe in destiny is destiny preordained um and are you going to let that define you um which i think given i mean how the game's like overall legacy is about literally tearing down religions i think has some interesting religious uh uh applications uh believing in prophecies or uh like end of times predictions no matter what uh and how we can course correct that also an interesting tie-in with Entropy Center talking about similar things, but on a very much more real level. Um, so uh-huh. I like, I really, I'm interested to see what it does with it at the end. I think it can take some interesting choices. I think it might go in the way I don't want it to, which won't mean it's a bad game, but I always like when games really twist a knife and take more of, do something that will probably enrage a lot of people. Um but it's interesting because philosophically, I did not see myself siding with Kratos in like at any point. And yet here I am like very much like in alignment with how he's viewing a lot of the things here. Um, and like Sindri specifically has a not spoiler, but he has a line just about not believing in um, in fate. And he was just like, you think I'd go throughout like how gross and disgusting the world is. And he's like, you think I'd put up with all this if I thought like ultimately it didn't matter, which I love. And I think is like almost a weird microcosm uh, of how you could read this game in general. Um, so I like, I really like that stuff and I'm interested to see where, like where, where the developers end up citing on it. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean they personally believe that, but they feel like that's what these characters would do. So I'm just, I'm interested to see it all. Yeah. And like, going off what you said about how this game is about destiny and you know is the future as opposed to the past the diametric opposing 2018 being so about the past right and like is like the is a person's fate like like can we can we change things about like can we be the ones who decide what happens to us in our lives and everything like that like there's a whole segment of the game at this point where we are right now there's a whole segment prior to all this i'd say halfway about like around like the seven longer than i thought it'd be yeah it's around like the seven hour mark of if i'm ballparking it really of the game and that was a lengthy segment (laughs) it was a lengthy segment and i think that's the only point in the game so far where i feel like the pacing dragged where I feel like the pacing went down and solely because of how long it went on for. Um, That's not to say that I don't think it was a good segment. I enjoy that segment. I think there's a lot of, there's some good stuff that happens there character-wise. Character-wise, world-building-wise, lore-wise, I think there's good stuff there. Um, But I was at a point where I was just like, can we pick this up a bit? <laughs> just, a, See, just a tad here. I would have originally been in agreement with you, but the more I thought about it, because like I fit, I got to that part last night or whatever, you know, like my days are all mixed up because I work overnights, but like yes. not this past 
play session. And um, the more I thought about it, I was like, I, I actually think it was fine. I think the pacing was fine. I think because of the implications of that entire portion, I was in such a rush to get back and be, you know, like it's almost like wanting the rest of this story and trying to macro dose the entire story. You're just like, ah, or micro dose or whatever. And you're just sitting there like, I want to get back. I want to find out like, oh, well, what does this mean? And et cetera. Instead of like, you get delivered a lot of information that's almost like a gut punch and processing that while the story seemingly wants to take its time in that moment. But I like, I also think that that is indicative of how the character in taking all that information also probably feels. Um, and it yeah. feels opposed to like wanting to soak in a moment versus like dealing with the imp- the implications of what they've learned. Um, so like whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. I'm good at reading into things that aren't there in pop culture. It's what I do. It's why I like making YouTube <laughs> videos about it and stuff. It's why I like talking about this stuff. Um, but I, I think it's actually because it's it's long, but it's not that long. It's like an hour and a half, maybe, I think, give or take. Right. I'd say it's about hour and a half to two hours, depending on just how you go through it. And like, that's the thing. I feel like, like the it segment, may be divisive though. Like I'll say this, I could see people not liking that portion of the game. A hundred percent because it is a long segment. It's a long segment where it's like all this heavy action stuff was just happening. And this segment is like, there's still action, but 75% of it is action light. <laughs> It's like, it's very light on action for a whole, for a good chunk of it. And it's more God, so- I can't wait that. to do the spoiler discussion. I know, for all this. I know. Um, and it's, it really just like takes its time. As you said, it's like really just talking about things that are going on, things that you know, things you don't know. And as you said, Lazarus just kind of soak in the moment. And I enjoyed, I like that's why I thought it dragged, but I appreciated it. I understood what it was going for, and I still liked it as a whole uh, because it it deserved to take that much time. I guess I like you know I was just like, oh man, I want to get I want to get back to you know to everything else that's happening. But you know you get to that the end of that section, I guess you could say, quote unquote, end. Or actually, it's even and you kind of miss it a little. Well, actually, it's not. I don't even think it's the. 100% end. It's like near the end of it where you just kind of sit down and you don't have to move. Like the things continue when you choose to move yourself. And I actually, I just sat there and I was just like, this is nice. This is nice. I, I think I maybe sat there for three seconds and then I was like, <laughs> you were like, all right, let's the next thing, right? <laughs> no, I, I just sat there. I was like, this is nice. And like, I, cause I wanted to just I loved the segment segment. Yeah. But like, I was like, well, now we got to come on guys. Chop, chop. Let's go. <laughs> no. Yeah. That, that was, that was that moment. But I mean, that's just like that whole segment there is just a giant. It's a great character moment for a couple different people. Um, yeah. I think it works so well as I won't, I won't call myself a detractor of God of war 2018, but someone that's like, um some people genuinely didn't enjoy it some people uh and there's like people coming from both sides there was definitely the people that are like oh my god like you know reading so much into it it's woke because it's not just unabashedly celebrating violence and misogyny and uh then there's also people that are like it's not as deep as it wants to be and i found myself coming down towards the middle of just being like 
I think there are some really important moments in 2018. I think there is some deep reflection, but I think some of this stuff, I think some of the parent stuff was a little shallow. Like, obviously I'm not a parent, but I just, it just seemed like cheap almost. Um, and I don't feel that way about Ragnarok at all. I do think it's, and like video games, I've talked about it, are one of the few mediums where I feel like it's legitimately possible to just make things better the second time around. I think it has learned some lessons from it and built upon it. And it's like both blockbuster and like character driven all at the same time, which I think is impressive so far. It could not stick the landing. That's definitely possible. Um, but just, yeah, like as someone that was like 2018, really good, probably like a nine out of 10 for me, this definitely got 10 out of 10 vibes thus far, like a hundred percent fixing and shoring up um, some of those moments or some yeah. of the, the like gripes I would have about 2018. Yeah. I, I gave, God of War 2018 at 10 out of 10 and I've been I mean I'm I'm feeling like that from this one as well like maybe <clears throat> maybe 9-5 um, I still gotta see how, how things end up shaking out you never know but like I'm I'm really enjoying this and go, kind of jumping off what you said about like the parent stuff and everything from the first one you reminded me because I wanted to say this before you how you said like you find yourself really agreeing with Kratos on a lot of what's going on here it's like I do too, but at the same time, I also see the perspective that literally everyone else is bringing to the table as well that kind of like pushes back against his perspective on things. And it's like, I, I love that I'm like, everyone has a point here. Everyone has points that makes total sense for how they view different situations and the core situation at the front of everything like that. And I I understand it all. And I want everyone, I want everyone to like to come to the common understanding. I want everyone to be on the exact same page. Um and it, that is going to be the most fascinating and exciting thing and potentially heartbreaking thing to see play out. Just like how that affects different relationships throughout this game. Yeah, I will say just uh, to to follow that up because I don't want like any misassumptions to be here. Not generally an agreeer with Kratos's philosophies or uh, viewpoints, um, but at the same time, like I think it's interesting because just to again not be spoilery, but more of the granular philosophy of the game and his characters. Kratos is very much on the I don't believe in destiny. I believe in fighting destiny. I believe that like things don't things aren't like foretold. And I think it's interesting that they have Sindri, essentially, um, even in a throwaway line, align himself with that same line of thinking Two characters you wouldn't necessarily think that uh, are aligned on that philosophy. Um, and I'm the same way. I'm very much, I like, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a person that believes in fate or destiny. And so I absolutely believe that that's something that, like, you get to control um, and that ultimately does have meaning because of what you, the meaning you give to it. Um, and so it's like interesting to see that reflected in Kratos specifically when it's like, there's obviously so many bad Kratos takes, you know, <laughs> um, that, so, and just like, he's also kind of a hard ass and a wet blanket, which is not how I genuinely, genuinely, generally am. Um, and so it's like, oh man, me and me, Kratos and Sindri, just like the, the locking hands meme, you know, <laughs> just like, all like get destiny's ass out of here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a. It's a dense game, man. It, this is a dense game. Like, I I didn't expect this story, and not just the story, but just the story and the worlds themselves to be as 
dense and expansive as they are but like i'm i'm just sitting here like wow this is way deeper than i ever thought it was gonna be which again goes into what i said before about how ragnarok has upped the scope and scale of the game but it still has a core focus on the characters and even that those characters focus like that has been deepened and dug into a whole lot more like everything about this game it's just like wow i'm i'm, I'm amazed you know just <clears throat> at how well sony santa monica has managed to create you know everything they've done here and speaking about the worlds real quickly like i know we're not going to get in depth about any of them uh but like these worlds are crazy these different realms so far they are wild from like a visual standpoint the game yeah much more colorful much yeah. like just environmentally there's like it feels like there's more not more detail but like more variety for sure um 2018 could kind of feel samey in a lot of spots. There's like a couple of big change-ups, but it's like moment to moment would constantly like, there's just like large chunks. Cause, uh, and you know, back to the, like there is filler in 2018. It almost had like a Metroidvania moments of like, <laughs> even though we're not forcing you to figure it out, we're guiding you. It was definitely like backtracking back and forth for a MacGuffin. It felt like in moments. Um, and here's six hours of that now. And it was like, Hey man, like you can just fit all this dialogue in one cutscene, and we can cut it five and a half five and a half hours out of it. This doesn't feel that way at all. It feels like every single realm uh, world feels very different. It's not making you retread. And I mean, again, pretty big sample size of like anywhere to sixteen to eighteen twenty ish hours for me. So it's like, and you know, you obviously have the same level, you know, of how far you've been. Right. And so it's like. I mean, like, I really haven't felt any of that other than revisiting, you know, of course, Midgard in the snow uh, a couple times. But it's like, it's not like, oh, here's several hours in it now. You know what I mean? It's pretty, it's changing up the pace um, and environmentally and just visually, everything is very different uh, in all those realms. So, yeah, like uh, literally all the complaints you could levy against one or 2018, I just feel like are eradicated here. Right. And even a realm like Alfheim which you do go to again in this game. That was a that was a known factor already. Um like even around like Alfheim. We've been there before in 2018. We spent a lot of time there. And while we do end up going to some of the same areas in that we went to from Alfheim in 2018, it, 90% of it is all brand new and it gives you a completely different view of Alfheim. You're like, "Oh wow, I had no idea that any and of this was here." And that Alfheim uh I've gone on record for saying Alfheim sucks in the first in 2018. It is the point that broke not just me, but like I've talked to other people. It has it broke them as well. It completely ruined their interest in the game because of uh A, the enemy type, and also just like being kind of confusing and just annoying. Um until you get to the very end. I think the end scene it has some nice payoff, but it's just like really not a fun level um in infamy for me. And luckily. Good to report here. It's brief, not nearly as cumbersome. It's it's fine. It's like it's not gonna be the highlight of the game for me by any means, but it's not, it's not like I was getting frustrated and ready to quit the game for that, which is again the reason I quit 2018 back in 2018 and didn't pick it back up till last year. Uh when I was like trying to clear out some games from last gen that and like Red Dead 2. Yeah. I I wonder really, like, of course, we've only seen 
where you and I are in the game, one, two, three, four, five realms, if I'm correct. We've only seen Are you wondering five. if we're going to see all nine? No, I know we're going to see all nine. I'm just, I was trying to count in my head, like, all right, I wonder, like, what the other four realms are going to be like. Because I don't, some of them, I don't think we've seen before. Uh, one of them we might have seen before, I think. But I think the others we might not have. So I'm like, I'm really curious to see what they're going to look like. But also, I'm just, I'm just amazed that this game is able to run on a PS4. Because again, seeing like the scale. We don't know what it runs like, though. (laughs) I haven't watched Digital Foundry's thing yet. But from what I've heard, it runs very well on a PS4. But I mean. Interesting. This from, again, looking at the scale and scope of these different realms that we've been to so far, again, how dense they are, how deep they are, how expansive and detailed they are. I'm just like, wow. Hats off to the team over at Sony Santa Monica because it, it like the game looks great and runs great on a PS5, but you look at it and you can tell it's still a PS4 game at heart. It doesn't have, in my opinion, the giant graphical leap that say Horizon Forbidden West had to, for, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn had to Forbidden West and that's still a cross-gen game. Um, this one doesn't have as big a leap, I think. Not saying the game doesn't look good or doesn't look great. It still looks amazing. Um, but I can still tell that it's a PS4 game at heart. And even still, I'm just like, man, they got this running on PS4. Like that's, that is uh, impressive. Man, my PS4 was chugging running Miles Morales. Like I, if we haven't sold you on God of War, we're not going to sell you on God of War. Let me try and sell you on, um, if you have the money, it's not <laughs> that hard to get a PS5. Uh, promise you. Go on Twitter, follow Wario64. You'll get one within two weeks. Guarantee it. Um, you know, just like follow the note, turn on the notification. You'll get one. Uh, go buy one. Man, the, like every time I have to boot up my PS4 for anything, it runs terribly. It's so slow. Like you're, if you're like, I won't notice the difference. You will notice the difference immediately. And all the people that are like, it's the biggest waste of money ever. Like they're blind. They haven't turned on their PS4 in two years is the problem. And now they're forgetting that like, it's worth it for the fidelity update. And just like, even beyond the visuals, you don't need 4k to just like notice how much smoother everything runs on the yeah. five. Like I, I feel bad for the people playing this on four and like not in an ivory tower kind of way that I have a PS5, but just like, man, like, like I said, Miles Morales was chugging for me, popping it into the PS5 in comparison it just ran so much smoother. So I imagine it's like that times 10. Like, I don't know how they got Elden Ring to run on PS4. <laughs> <laughs> Question. Are you doing um, fidelity or performance mode for PS4? Uh, performance. Okay, I'm doing fidelity mode. I was going to do... Before, I, yeah, I've always... I've, I've known problem with 30 FPS. I want the game to look the absolute best it possibly can. All the bells and whistles, whatever they have turned on. So 30 FPS for me. I think on a replay, I'll probably do 60 FPS in a... You know, see how that goes. If I if I do a replay, mine might be vice versa. Got it. Got it. Yeah. If, whenever I have the option, depending on the game, I always choose fidelity first and then performance. That was the thing. This being so gameplay intensive, I was like, it's not going to look that bad. And I was like, yeah. honestly, will my eyes be even like, will my eyes be able to tell the difference for either one of them? Probably not. But if it chugs and like it's noticeable, I'll get. I'll probably like that'll bother me more than like 1080 looking stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Overall, though, we're feeling we're feeling really high on God of War Ragnarok so far. We're we're, play both, it. we're both really we're both pretty far into it. 
Um, and even then, I still have no idea how close I am to the end of the game because it doesn't feel like I'm nearing the end. It feels it like I'm doesn't... Like near like maybe the halfway point or something. That's what I mean. When but I, say I think we are past the halfway point. We we potentially are. We potentially are. But it, like because this game is so dense, it doesn't quite feel like it doesn't quite feel now, like we are like nearing the end. If we do more side quests, we might only be halfway. But from how, from what I can see on how long to beat, telling you earlier, we are. I can confirm that. The playtime for that's like 21 and a half. So we were kind of guesstimating that the side side quest might have cost us three to four potentially. So like I would say bare minimum, we're 12 hours through just at the mainline story. So that's we've got like nine-ish left, eight to nine. Um, but add in some more if we do another, if there's more significant side quests we end up doing, maybe we're looking at another 12 to 15. Who knows? Yeah. Uh my review for the game will be going live at the end of November. Um, if it can be just before Thanksgiving, it will be. If not, it will be live the week after Thanksgiving. Um, and our spoiler cast for God of War Ragnarok, we will be recording that on December 3rd. That episode will go live December 5th. So and- God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast coming in in the coming weeks, about three to four weeks. Well, four weeks. If actually. you're here... If you're here from my TikToks or whatever, just know, um, A, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Leave a comment. Uh, B, um, or YouTube shorts even. Uh, B, I'll probably have a review up this week, uh, a 60-second review. I may do a a longer in-depth. I may, This may be either this or Entropy Center, possibly both. Maybe my, me dipping my toes into doing full-blown video essays, like really diving in because I do like those fill it like both of them story-wise are doing a lot of interesting things or maybe somehow I come up with some weird abstract concept to do both in one, but either way <laughs> that may be coming a little later this month, but I'll have a 60 second review uh, within the week for sure. Like I'll have finished it and like composed at least a short summation of my thoughts in video format. Um, and if you enjoy that or you like me reviewing games specifically, please go watch my cult of the lamb Pac-Man world repack. And I forget the other game I did, uh, but those I really like those. I'm proud of those scripts and everything. And uh, they don't do well view wise because it's like kind of opposed to how some of my other videos are. So yeah, plug your stuff. Plug your stuff. Of course, links. Good game we that. lost. Everything I just mentioned, but it's on good game. Don't you don't have to worry about Instagram. I don't post shit on there anymore. <laughs> uh, TikTok and YouTube, uh, where I post shorts right now. But maybe doing full videos is good game we lost. Of course, always the links are always in our description. So definitely yeah. check that out. And yeah, let us know what you're thinking of God of War Ragnarok down below in the comment section. Are you enjoying it so far? Do you think it's a major improvement or just an improvement in general over um, 2018? Is it, you know, are you saying it's a 10 out of 10 yet? Is it a disappointment? It is an improvement. <laughs> no, no need for it to be. It's better, <laughs> It is guys. objectively an improvement. It is objectively a better Objectively, game. <laughs> it's better. Like, so far into the game, 16 yeah. to 20 hours deep, I, like, I had issues with 2018. I do not with this game. I don't have issues with 2018 at all at this point or at any point not a 10 but just gonna go on the record 2018 not a 10 and that is your opinion you are welcome (laughs) to have it uh you let us know your thoughts on ragnarok down below in the comment section let us know your impressions of it what you're thinking so far um and yeah that that review coming soon great game we are really really enjoying this one awesome one yeah it went longer than we thought but uh hey that's that's what happens when you're talking about a game this good (laughs) exactly all right all the fun talk is out the way we're gonna wrap this up with our brief mentions for this week 
and then we'll get on out of here for episode 83 of the Playway Podcast. Uh, first brief mention that we got this week, Mick Gordon, uh, who was the composer for Doom Eternal, for Doom 2016 and for Doom Eternal. Uh, some people may know he was kind, he's been kind of caught up in a battle of sorts with between him and Ed and Zenimax. And he kind of got thrown under the bus by Doom Eternal's director for the way that the game's OST turned out. Well, over this past week, he put out a very lengthy medium blog post, basically coming, basically stating his defense uh, about why Doom Eternal's OST turned out the way it did, the experience he had working on the score for Doom Eternal. Um, it is very lengthy. It is very dense. I highly recommend everyone go read it, though, because, man, he did not deserve the treatment that he got. He got screwed very, very badly, working almost a full year without paying uh, um, Zenimax and Id using, like, double, using all of his work, but only paying him for half of it. Like, it's, he got screwed real badly. Uh, so definitely recommend everyone go read that. Uh, go find that online somewhere. You easily find it. You can even check his Twitter. I think that's where he posted it initially. So check his Twitter. I think it's just at Mick Gordon or something like that. Uh, PS Plus game catalog for November. These are the extra and premium tier games that people get. Uh, there's a lot of games in there, but some of the highlights, the entire Kingdom Hearts series is there. Woo, woo. Play the games. No reason not to. Uh, Skyrim is there. Rainbow Six Siege is one of them. What Remains of Edith Finch is another uh, if you want the full list, go check out the it's, PlayStation blog. I'm not going to read the whole list here. It's nothing impressive, guys. Kingdom Hearts is on there. I mean, listen, I I'm not going to sit here and talk crap about them, but if you don't want to play them, that's a perfectly fine reason to not play them. <laughs> they are great that's, games. That's why I haven't played games. them. I played Kingdom- two as a kid, and I was like, "It's just, this is fun, it's fine. As an adult, I'm like, no, thank you. You don't have a heart. <laughs> you are a heartless. What do you mean? Oh, I, no. I, you see, no, I, I know it was so lame because it was i know the heartless joke and- <laughs> <laughs> oh man nintendo they had an indie world showcase this week which again had some really cool games there was a quite a lot of them um i just have a few highlights here one of them was vimba uh which is based it's about a south south asian family uh that comes to the u.s comes to i know it comes to canada actually sorry come to canada and just coming like trying to stick to their or get back to their roots, their culture through cooking and food and everything like that. Seems like an interesting story. Seems like a cool game coming in spring 2023. Have a nice death. The roguelike that game is out on PC already, but it's coming to switch March 22nd, 2023. And then there's pepper grinder. Another highlight of mine from the show coming some point next year. This is a, it's like a, it's a pixel art. If I'm correct, you could call it, uh, action platformer of sorts uh definitely reminded me a lot of games like shovel meat uh, i was about to say shovel meat boy uh super meat boy uh with like the all the platforming that's going on everything it's a really cool game really interesting really neat uh seems like it'll be a lot of fun so i would definitely recommend people go check it out and also just check out the whole indie world showcase there were a lot of cool games there really yeah something yeah to say I, about it. I didn't watch any of this so i can't i can't go on it yeah they're, they're cool ones i i would definitely recommend Check out the whole Indie World Showcase. It's only like 25 minutes, uh, but it, it flies by. It's a pretty good showcase. Uh, FIFA, you know that they ended their partnership with EA. They said, and when they ended it, they said, 
we're going to make sure that any game with the FIFA name is the best is the best FIFA game out there. It's going to be the best game that you could possibly make for FIFA. What are their first games are going to be? Blockchain games. Great stamp of quality right there, guys. Great stamp of quality. Horizon, um, that franchise. You know, we already talked about how there might be a multiplayer game in the works. Apparently, there's going to be an MMORPG that might be in the works as well. Uh, it's being in the works as a partnership between Sony and NCSoft, which is the team that behind the Guild Wars series. Whether or not this is the multiplayer game that was rumored before is a different story, but I think that they are separate projects. I don't believe that this is the multiplayer thing that was rumored beforehand. Um, I'm also nothing I could be less excited for. <laughs> Here's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not not excited about this. I'm more so just like, okay. It's it's a move I wouldn't have expected an MMO RPG for Horizon. Not to say that, that like again, not to say that the world doesn't like call for it. You know, like that the world of Horizon wouldn't be good for an MMO RPG. It's more just like, okay, I a very left field move I never would have expected. No, it's twenty twenty two. If you're not like, we can let the WoW dorks and the Final Fantasy fourteen dorks, they can have their MMOs. But other than that, in 2022, we've moved beyond the need for MMOs. This is wholly unnecessary, and I am on the right side of history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also just very surprised, like, wow, that the faith Sony has in the Horizon franchise, you know, just how they keep on expanding in different ways. We got the VR game, we got the show coming on. A VR makes game. sense, but this this is... I think overestimating people's interest in Horizon. I mean, you you could be right, and I, I'm I'm that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not not interested in it. I'm just really surprised and intrigued. Like, it's a very left field thing. I don't think anyone was asking for, but yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with it. Uh, the Switch has passed one one hundred fourteen point three three million units in terms of console sales, and software sales have totaled nine hundred seventeen five nine million units the switch is an unstoppable juggernaut i'm looking forward to i i want it to pass one billion units just for them to be able to say we passed one billion software sales on the switch the switch is crazy i I just want that to happen for that sole reason i don't think it will but who knows modern warfare 2 though that passed a billion dollars in sales faster than any game in the franchise it only took 10 days to do so can't believe it's call of duty stagger baby Sit again, nostalgia, baby. That's the power of we all remember MW2 and it being awesome. Let's do it again. Let's yeah. do it again, guys. Uh, Netflix they announced a Gears of War live action movie and then an animated series, an adult animated series specifically, both of which are in collaboration with the coalition. And if Dave Batista isn't able to get involved in that live action um, Gears of War movie, then he's just never going to get in a live action Gears of War anything at this point in time. Uh, I, you know how I feel about video game uh, adaptations of movies or series. Uh, I've been on the record, but I will say 14 year old me loved Gears of War. So maybe there's the potential I would watch it out of boredom. <laughs> I think an animated series will work better than a live action one, but go off, go off. <laughs> Do you think? Oh, no, I'm more interested in the live action. I have zero interest in an animated series. Interesting. Interesting. Even after Castlevania and Arcane? you are way overestimating that I would have watched either of those. <laughs> fair, fair Arcane, point. Arcane, not a chance. I know people are like, you don't need to like League, it's good, but not happening. 
um, Castlevania just don't have a lot of close ties with the series. So it's like, neither do I. I, I watched no I real reason it. for me to watch it. Neither do I. I have no close ties to either one, but I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed all of Castlevania and I enjoyed the first three episodes of Arkane. That's all I've watched. Um, I could see myself potentially liking Castlevania. Don't get me wrong. Cause vampires cool. Dracula cool. Gothic horror cool, but just never really ever played the game. So it's like, for me, I like to have a little bit of investment. That's fair. Final Fantasy 16 is only exclusive to PS5 for six months. Uh, a control sequel has been formally announced. We knew something else was going to happen in the control universe. Now we know a full-on sequel is happening for PS5, Series X and S, and PC. Make the bet better. Keep the creepy, spooky vibes. And please, for the love of God, do not rush your ending. That was, that was my one kind of great. I haven't control. beat the game. I got really far, got really deep into it. Um, and then I got stuck at a part and it was just one of those things. I never came back to it. Cause I believe I was playing it originally through PS now. Ah. And Ooh. so it was like, <laughs> and then I did end up getting the free download through PS five, et cetera, which is having come back to it. I loved everything before that though. Like it really was a hard cutoff moment for me. Cause I was having a blast. Hmm. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I just feel like the, the ending but, was kind of just like, Oh, okay. I guess we're done then. <laughs> I guess we're done. I, I really didn't care for the ending that much. Not a bad ending. It's just like, oh, that's that's it. Then, okay, we're done. Uh, EA, their ending, the Project Car series, to focus on other racing games that they have. And last but not least, Ubisoft has canceled pre-orders for the Prince of Persia remake. That game is still in development, though. They say it's still happening. You just can't pre-order it. They've refunded anyone that they can. Spoiler alert. It's not happening. I would not be surprised if it is getting canceled entirely, too. <laughs> I think they have two. I think at this point for them, it's a sunk cost to like just do it, <laughs> just do it, get it done, put it out there. It is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. No man, tax write offs. Oh, so oh, I was about to say similar to like Skull and Bones, but that was more of a governmental obligation they, that they had. They, I mean, Warner Brothers threw the finished Batgirl movie in the can. Man, just never underestimate what these people will do for a tax write off. You know what? You got a fair point there. That's it for though. That's it for this episode of the Play to Win podcast. Thank you all so very much for watching and or listening. Of course, hit up the site, playtowingames.wordpress.com. It's a home for all of our content. Tyler, please, please, only two more minutes. You can make it through. You can make it through. Don't oh, yeah, I know. I think I, a drink just went down the wrong pipe. I was coughing, but I muted myself. No, yeah, I, I was just like, no, let don't body, Tyler's body, don't take him out right now. He's almost <laughs> done. Um, yeah, head up to the site. It's a place for all of our content. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and podcast services. Uh, subscribe on po- YouTube and hit the notification bell. Let us know, again, all your thoughts on God of War Ragnarok. Let us know what you're thinking about it. Leave that five-star review on podcast services. Helps out a bunch. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at play to win Game for updates on the show and other things that we may post over there. Tyler, you said it before, but again, where can people find you? Good game we lost tiktok and youtube um and yeah have fun with god of war everyone or whatever you're playing um check out entropy entropy center even though i haven't played it or beat it yet uh it's worth playing for sure always i gotta give the art house indie indie film a wreck as along with the blockbuster because it's not exactly a, like a hot take to be like go play god of war ragnarok so right no nope. totally. a little just a Hey, don't forget this game came out, especially if you're like, I'm not going to play God of War and play some counter programming. Go play Entropies. (laughs) 
precisely i like i like that that mentality i like that perspective uh you can follow me twitter at tyler Miller 2496 where i've been lightly tweeting about god of war ragnarok my replies are off though so no one i'm trying to avoid spoilers i only have my replies on for people who follow me i don't want people just hitting up my twitter just like hey this happens and this happens and this happens just like I'm playing. So what you're saying is, if I beat it tonight, I should DM you exactly what happens. <laughs> you should not. You know what? Do I need to close my DMs now? Actually, you're I might good. I won't really DMs. do that. I don't. <laughs> even though I don't care about spoilers, I don't troll people with with the ending. Ah, yeah. You know, I might need to close my DMs now. They think they're actually open. I think they're open for everyone. I need to close them to only people who follow me. Oop, oop, oop. Not getting caught. I'm not getting caught. <laughs> that being said, thank you all so very much for watching and or listening, and we'll talk with you all next time. Have a great week. Have a good week, everybody.